0: What's up? Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Roll Pod, an Alabama sports podcast from Bama 247. I'm staff writer Cody Goodwin, and I am glad you are here recording this on a Thursday morning, one day after a busy, busy national signing day. Alabama wrapped up with 23 total signees as part of its 2024 recruiting class. The Crimson Tide locked in the number two ranked recruiting class nationally. Nick Saban and his staff, pretty good final sprint here with a couple of commitments, a couple of flips. Nearly everybody early in rolling, too. We're going to discuss all of that. Once again, we've got Brett Greenberg, our very own recruiting expert at Bama 247, back on the show with us. Brett, you've had about 12 hours or so to relax since yesterday. How are you holding up, man?
1: All good, man. Hey, it was <laughs> I was talking with some people on the board. It, it was, you know, year one for me. Uh, you know, ready to do 20 more of them. It was an exciting day. Uh, everybody did a great job. And, and I was, I was kind of I was proud of our coverage, but it was a fun time. Uh, was, you know like doing a little bit of research, like, Hey, is it typically this many flips type thing? It was looking from, you know, looking at like tweets and thoughts from other national na- analysts. And like, this is the wild, craziest signing day we've had. So felt a little bit better about myself, just, you know, how stressful I was, but or stress I was, but yeah, it ended up being a great day. Alabama, you know, started with the number three class. Uh, I'm sure you hit on a little bit, but jumped up to the number two class and uh, overall, I think it was an impressive that afternoon, uh, you know, as a whole for Alabama.
0: Yeah, no, they they jumped from three to very comfortably second. Um, and this is something that we'll get into, too, but maybe a couple of commitments away from perhaps being the number one ranked recruiting class. We'll touch on that. Um, but again, 23 of the 25 known commitments have signed. Um, we've obviously we know that Ryan Williams, who reclassified five star receiver from Sarah Landy, plans to sign in February. Um, three-star linebacker Quentin Reese from Birmingham. Not sure if we've seen him sign yet. Could be a potential gray shirt option since I know Alabama is trending toward being above the 85 scholarship limit by the time, um, you know, the second semester rolls around. So we'll keep tabs on that. But of the 23 signees, we got two five-stars. Quarterback Julian Sain, uh defensive back. I think he's listed as an athlete, but I think we all know that he's going to play in the defensive backfield. Jalen Mbakwe. Um, five were in the top 100, eight were in the top 150 and 11 were in the top 247 if stars matter to you Alabama picked up two five stars 17 four stars for three stars um, those are the guys that officially signed again because Williams is uh, again another five-star athlete who will sign in February um, and like I mentioned before pretty comfortably the number two ranked recruiting class only behind Georgia um, and then behind those two you had Miami the U. are they back maybe we'll see Miami Ohio State and Texas go three four five we'll get into the details of the day um we touched a lot on this I feel like in the pod earlier this week so um maybe not so much on the guys that we knew we're going to sign but we'll we'll touch on you know some of the the new guys and maybe some of the guys that Alabama ran the entire sprint with didn't end up getting but Brett I wanted to start here you wrote a recap column yesterday um and you just alluded to it right here. You called Alabama signing day very impressive. What what maybe impressed you the most about what Alabama accomplished on Wednesday?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, before I kind of dive into it, I think noting that Alabama signed <clears throat> the number one class last year. Uh, I think when you take that into account and in this class this year, I think that makes it even more impressive. I know we've had, you know, many questions on the board and fans. And, you know, why are there that many three stars? How are there not many that many five stars? Overall, you know, I've talked about it on this pod, too, talking with people. Like, overall, the talent this year I think is down. Oh, like, as a complete whole, every position, that's kind of get, been the consensus consensus, and certainly at the offensive line position. But uh, what Alabama was able to do and address positions that I think are going to be a need, uh, you can never have too many wide receivers. And with between Rico Scott, Amari Jefferson, uh Ryan Williams, should he end up, you know, signing and going with Alabama in February? And then you add Arian Hampton, who I think there's still kind of question marks with what position he's going to play, Uh, number 11 athlete in the country. That's one of the guys Cody alluded to, uh, flipping from Texas to Alabama, just another Texas to Alabama flip on signing day. Saban seems to get one of those every couple years, if not more frequently. Um, But, uh, you know... I I just like what they did. You know, there was no really true, true surprises exactly who we thought was going to sign sign, you know, commits wise, everybody was locked in pretty early. Um, And and Jason Ross came in a little bit later, but that wasn't really too much of a worry. Um, But yeah, you know, it's kind of started off in the afternoon. What, with the kind of where I allude to the impressiveness is, you know, where Alabama was able to jump. They kickstarted it. You know, this has all happened within kind of a 35 minute, 45 minute span uh Steve Mubam- Mibuama, uh, out of Canada excuse <laughs> me I swear I'll, I'll get it I'll get it right eventually I will get it right eventually we're uh, just gonna
0: call him Steve from Canada until we learn how to <laughs> officially pronounce it it looks like Mub- Mubo- Mubamoa um we're really sorry Steve if you're listening we know you're probably listening um all the way from Canada but like we will figure out how to say your name
1: and correctly it's- and Steve's such a good t- kid, too. He would love Steve from Canada. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, But, yeah, that that kind of kick the impressive afternoon. Uh, you know, Alabama was kind of the leader. I, I talked about it on, you know, the sites and the boards for really since July when he got his offer. Alabama, you know, continued to show true, true love that he continued to say and his coach continued to say. Uh, he, you know, came back a couple more times. Uh, took his official visit two weeks before the sign, or before yesterday. Uh, took an official visit to Mississippi State. It Kind of seemed like a formality at that point. You know, we told him we're going to come. You know, let's go check out new head coach Jeff Levy. But Alabama, I think, just put, from the very jump, put you know more effort in recruiting and wanted him more than any other team, and that was very clear to him. Uh, it was very clear that you know, uh, of course, everybody's lifelong dream. Uh, in this class and, and beyond is to go to Alabama but for a kid you know I was talking with this coach how big of a deal it is to a kid from Canada to come to University of Alabama there was you know a couple hundred people at his signing day ceremony yesterday it, it just seems That's like awesome. such such a cool cool moment and you know I posted something on the boards and on Twitter uh, you know he used his I believe his little brother to kind of put on the fake Florida hat, put on the fake Mississippi state hat and kind of toss it out. Then put it in the Alabama hat on his head. So that was really <laughs> cool. Uh, and, you know, I was talking with Andrew Ivins national you know, director of scouting. And he was talking about how, you know, in this day and age with NIL and things like that, Steve, Mo- Steve from Canada, excuse me, is <laughs> kind of like a guy you want to take and you kind of have to take. And if not, maybe two of them in every class, you know, Maybe a little bit of a wild card just because, you know, didn't play, you know, played in Canada. Maybe it's not the greatest competition, but he's 6'4", 260. You know, he puts it together. Uh, he he looks like he's he can go rush the passer right now in the SEC. Yeah, he, you know, it's going to take a little bit to read defenses, key in on defenses and things like that. But once he gets in that program, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, maybe two, three years down the road. It's like, oh, you know, Alabama fans go, oh. I remember Steve from Canada. He's still on the team. You know, let's get him (laughs) in, you know, type thing. Again, you could never have too many defense linemen and maybe he'll, you know, become an edge rusher too. You never know what they want to do there, but yeah, the relationship with coach Freddie Roach and, uh, his trainer and himself was just too, too strong. Nick Saban, uh, always contacting with him was just too much for any other teams to overcome. And, you know, he ended up signing and he'll be, I believe joining on December twenty sixth. So, uh, kids going to be packing up his things and moving down to Tuscaloosa. Uh just an exciting time for him for sure. Um Yeah. Go ahead.
0: No, I I I what I love about Steve from Canada is that he's he's one of two international players that Alabama signed this cycle. The other one we've talked about before, Justin Okoronkwo, three-star linebacker from Germany. I think that's pretty cool, right? You combine that with um obviously every punter around the country now comes from Australia, but then, you know, Alabama's got uh, Olas um, or Olas um, Alinian, who's offensive lineman from Finland, if I remember correctly. So a lot of international flavor. That's kind of cool to experience that, right? I know you've talked with Okoronkwo pretty extensively just about, you know, the Roll Tide brand and how people even over in Germany are like, you know,
1: oh, wow, you're, you're
0: going to go play at the Alabama. He's, you know, like, yeah, absolutely, right? And so, um, you know, exciting that, you know, another kid that, you know, it's it's funny, like, this was my first, like, sec focused national signing day like i've experienced national signing day i've experienced recruiting all that other stuff um but to see the intensity of it down here in the sec like it just means more like that is not a joke right like that's <laughs> so then like to hear that you know steve from canada um hundreds of people at his signing ceremony like almost exclusively for him too right like that's really cool right like that's kid probably comes from a really good community there's a really good village there that's supporting him and um, you know, he's probably super amped to get down there and, and go play, you know, at one of the meccas of college football. Like that is just the, the, that's one of the really cool signing day stories. Like to me, like I was getting kind of annoyed yesterday, like sitting on various Instagram lives and <laughs> driving and listening and trying to, you know, make sure we're keeping tabs on everything and, um, you know, just as a team, but then you hear a story like that. And it's just like, that's, that's what this day's about. Like just really cool moments like that for kids who get to you know realize the next step in some of their ultimate athletic dreams and so that's that'll be cool you know when he finally gets down here and you know we probably won't hear from him for another year or so because Nick Saban has his true freshman rule but um that is the cool part of National Signing Day is you know kids like that getting to live out their dream with all the people that kind of helped them get there right
1: yeah and you know this is I guess a little bit off topic, but quick shout out to the Alabama media department. The, the route they took on Instagram and Twitter this year, just kind of the Bamaverse, kind of like comic book, Spider-Man type. I don't know how much you like that. Cody. That. I thought I, that was pretty cool. I thought it was very cool. And the way, you know, you scroll down to Instagram, it looked like a comic book. And what they did was they kind of had, you know, a commitment video highlights. And then what I thought was really, really cool was had each commits or signees, parents talk about why they're comfortable with sending their son to the university of Alabama. And I think, you know, I've had a lot of conversations with parents and things like that, and they all kind of echo the same thing, but to listen to those parents talk about how comfortable they are sending their kid, you know, if whether it's from Birmingham or from Canada or from Germany, it's just very interesting to hear. And, you know, you talk about, you know, Steve, we talk about Steve and we talk about Justin Oka-Gronko, That those two pa- sets of parents that like they were talking about they're like we don't know we didn't know anything before, before coming down here. You know, Justin Okoronko took his parents to the Tennessee game, which was the first time in the United States. Uh, which was, a, you know, that kind of sets the bar high if you're if you're a college if you're a college football fan. I know there's more things. To, to, to college do football you, in America. Yeah, I know there's I know there's more things to do in in America other than you know go watch Alabama Tennessee and Brian Denny, but. Um, <laughs> but that. Well, that I don't I know, just, man. On the third Saturday in October, I don't know that there's anything else that
0: people need to be doing.
1: <laughs> there better not be. There better, better not be a wedding or anything. But um, no, I I just I I don't know. I'm sorry. I just had to shout that. It was just very cool to me, and I, I thought the parents thing was a very nice touch, and to kind of see a couple of the parents that I've talked to before, just you know, share their excitement with me personally, and then kind of share it to the world. It was just really cool to see. Yeah. Um,
0: no. 100. percent.
1: Let's see here. Yeah, we were kind of talking about the, you know, kind of impressive run of flips and adding yeah. signees in the afternoon. Uh, you know, we again, we started off with Steve. Great. You know, we we hit on that um, and then kind of 15 minutes later, Alabama got two flips within uh, minutes of each other. You know, if you're following Bama 247 boards, you kind of knew this was happening, um, you know. We, we got word that, you know, Bama247 got word that Alabama was still in contact with Arian Hampton, who was the four-star athlete out of Texas, who was committed to Texas. Uh, Alabama was the runner-up with him, or his other finalists, excuse me, when he ended up committing in July. Uh, you know, heard some rumblings that Alabama never stopped being in contact, and, you know, Hampton c- continued to kind of go back and forth. Leading up to his commitment in July, it was, you know, Alabama, or excuse me, Alabama, Texas Alabama Texas went back and forth back and forth we do know Nick Saban and I believe I can't remember which assistant coach went but I think an assistant coach or two went to go see him in Dangerfield Texas uh two weeks ago and that seemed to kind of completely seal the deal you know he announced yesterday he's flipping uh still trying to figure out exactly what his enrollment plans are um every kid's kind of different I know we'll probably hit on that a little bit later in the show uh but that was a big big uh Big deal. I, I think a little bit unexpected for Alabama fans, um, like who, you know, aren't subscribed or aren't, you know, too, 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 tuned into it. Um, you know, and and clearly, you know, Nick Saban was had his Wednesday press conference kind of addressing Rose Bowl practice and signing day. And, you know, he, he first of all, Arian Hampton, he goes by Bubba. Uh Nick Saban's already referring to him as Bubba and said, so, you know, Bubba is a dog. I I have never I I think Tolteen Rodak may be able to speak to this a little bit better. I know you've been there for you know close to a year now but I've never heard Saban say you know someone's a dog I don't think he ever even called Devontae Smith a dog so clearly Nick Saban is extremely happy about you know fl- successfully flipping Arian Hampton uh, his graphic you know had Jerry Judy and all the other wide receivers on there so I would anticipate he's probably going to wait play wide receiver but he could also play cornerback so it's another one of those things that that's like it's similar to Jalen Mbakwe, You know, I think Jalen Bakwe is a better athlete right now, but it's another one. It's like, it's, it's a good problem to have. Hey, are we going to put him on defense or are we going to put him on offense? Oh, are we going to have him, you know, return kicks, return punts? I think it's just a great problem to have. And again, I, I just never heard Nick Saban say, you know, so-and-so is a dog. So clearly he's happy about that one. Um, and then the about... full
0: quote from Saban on Wednesday. We got to talk yeah. to Saban. And we'll touch on some of his takeaways later, but the, the comment on Bubba Hampton was... Bubba's kind of a dog, man. He's one of those guys that's a great competitor and makes a lot of plays. Whatever he plays on offense, wherever he plays on the field, he doesn't come off the field very often. They had a very successful season this year. I know they had a disappointment in the playoffs, but the guy's a great competitor, can do a lot of things, and we're really excited about having him. This is kind of one of those, and you touched on it too, like, you know, it looks like he's probably going to play receiver, at least that's what all the signs are pointing toward, but this is one of those recruitments where it's like get the kid in the room and then figure it out later. But like, just focus on getting them here first. And they obviously they, you know, to go into Texas and flip a Texas kid from Texas to Alabama, um, impressive a very impressive flip I thought
1: it's kind of a uh, I hit it on it early in the show he, he I mean Jalen Hale I, he's done it before I mean he's done it multiple Jalen Milrow I, you know he's their starting quarterback now <laughs> so I mean it, it, it it's not every year but it's kind of like all right Who. who's who's Alabama, who's Nick Saban we're going to go get this year type of thing. Um, and then kind of sticking also with them. Also, for whatever
0: ahead. it's worth, uh, Holman Wiggins and Trevars Robinson were listed as the two primary recruiters. Um, so, and we gave uh, Holman Wiggins a shout out on the last show. So we should not be surprised that Alabama was able to stay in contact. And
1: Yeah, I think I was looking and things could change, you know, by the, by the end of the signing period things like that, and ratings and rankings and stuff like that. I th- think Holman is number two now. Um, so, Who jumped him? I believe it was Fran Brown. Who's uh, I will. Well,
0: okay. That, that makes a lot of sense. I'll look that up and you, you keep going.
1: Yeah. It makes a little bit more sense. Um, so everything we said about Coach Holman Wiggins, cross it out. I'm just kidding. I'm totally <laughs> kidding. He, he, again, I, I can't think, see enough good things just from what I've heard from players and other people about Coach Wiggins. He, he's obviously a ridiculously good recruiter and a great, great coach, and someone that I don't think Alabama fans are going to are going to want to lose for a very long time, and someone I don't think Nick Saban's going to want to lose for a very long time. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, you know, keep going with the afternoon. I know we keep breaking up here and getting off on tangents, but. You know, so we got the Aaron Hampton flip and then it turned to Kevin Riley, four star out of, out of, uh, Northport played at Tuscaloosa County, 10 minutes, you know, over the bridge to campus, uh, kind of his second home. Um, he, uh, ended up flipping from Miami to Alabama, uh, not so much of a, a shock. If you've been reading the latest updates, you know, he was in Tuscaloosa for an official visit last weekend leading up to, you know, Wednesday, uh, kind of locked him in there you know he told me quote went over went on a visit over the weekend a lot of stuff I was able to see made it click in my head that Alabama could develop me to be a good player and a man practicing every day against good players lots of people say iron sharpens iron I feel like playing at Bama they can develop you in a lot of different ways to be successful uh you know that that right there just sounds like an Alabama football player and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about you know in our signing day preview a lot of these guys just seem like they are not give me my NLI money, and if I, if I don't play, I'm going to leave. They all just seem like the Alabama mindset, and that goes back to what we talked about. Nick Saban could take a little bit more time, and he can further evaluate, and he can see who is going to be – you know, add to his program in a positive way. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, just I, – I know I kind of – you know, we went over the flips, but I, it's just impressive to me because before, three weeks ago, we, we didn't really – you know, we heard a little bit of Arian Hampton, but it was like, ah, oh, no, I don't think so. And then Kevin Riley was, you know, I was told, like, personally, like, no, it's Miami, you know, we're not inviting any, having any coaches over, not having Saban over, not having anything like that, and Miami was like, Things change not.
0: when Nick Saban knocks on the door I, to sit I, in your living
1: room, right? <laughs> correct. And, and you know, I know Miami coaches did not want that to happen. I talked about in the preview show as well, and made it clear, you know, we don't not need him going to Tuscaloosa. Miami ended up being okay. They signed two running backs, but that it's just, it, it's just great. Like Saban can wait till he legitimately can wait to the last two weeks and then go pick up pretty much whoever he wants. I mean, I know we're talking about all the hits this today or from yesterday. We had a couple misses. I, I, I use the term misses loosely there. Um, some guys that, you know, I, I, I it as which targets signed with another school because I didn't necessarily like a guy like five-star defense alignment, Edrick Houston. I, I know Alabama was in it. For a long, long time, and recruited him extremely hard. And when he committed over the summer, Alabama was was the uh, runner up. Um, I know Alabama's continued to could, or continued to stay in contact with him for a while. And it, you know, I think everybody who followed recruiting yesterday <clears throat> saw how crazy his was leading up to, you know, his actual announcement. It seemed like you know Alabama did everything they did, everything they could, and it was the team to beat. I saw somewhere, I, I don't know how true this is, but apparently. His mother had an Alabama shirt on, and then he took a <laughs> he, t- he, t- he took a phone call. I, I'm not su- I'm not going to get into any all, all of that. I'm not exactly sure what goes on there. I don't want to speculate or you know speak him on that or anything like that. But you know he ended up sticking with Ohio State. That was a that was a guy that the Ohio State and Ryan Day absolutely had to have. You know, and and for as good as he is in a five star, he was probably their second second most or second highest recruit they absolutely had to have. I know if we want to talk about Jeremiah Smith and some other flips and other things like that later on today, but yeah, I, it, it I, I wouldn't consider it a miss. I, I really wouldn't. And especially when you factor in, you know, adding in LT Overton and probably adding maybe a couple more on the portal uh, between now and, you know, spring practice or fall practice. Um, I, I wouldn't really consider a miss. And then another guy is Solomon Williams who ended up going to AM. It was, you know, time kind to of seem like Alabama and A&M were the leaders towards the end Alabama was named a leader all the way back in June but he didn't come back and visit until LSU weekend uh, he took an official visit to A&M the weekend before uh, yesterday so last weekend uh, and it seems like coach Mike Elko you know over there at, at College Station did an excellent job and locked him down um And, you know, while we're on the kind of A&M, Mike Elko thing, Tristan Jernigan, three-star linebacker who, you know, a week and a half ago and, you know, when we were last on this pod, I said I was very comfortable or, you know, extremely close to putting a crystal ball in for him for Alabama. But, you know, he took a visit last weekend to A&M and similarly to Solomon Williams. I think Coach Elko and his staff did an excellent job. I I anticipate him sticking with A&M. Um, Of course, you know, he'll he'll sign tomorrow on Friday, uh, I believe, 1 p.m. Central Time. Of course, I'll have coverage of that should he end up signing with the Tide. I'm not sure if he will anymore. Um, And then kind of the last guy to maybe a miss, I think it's more of like we're talking about him because – Again, like you said, Saban can come into your living room and make it interesting down the, down the stretch. Uh, Jaden Baugh out of Decatur, Georgia. He was committed to Arkansas forever. Uh, took an official visit to Florida two weeks ago. Took an official visit to Alabama last weekend. Decommitted from Arkansas on Monday night. Uh, talked with uh, people close to his recruitment throughout, you know, from Monday morning to Wednesday. And it was, I mean, Florida, Alabama. 50, Alabama, Florida, fifty-fifty. So it, it went back and forth, back and forth. You know, his, that he ended up, you know, signing with, uh, Florida, of course, and you know, it was early in the afternoon. So that came as bit of surprise. He was supposed to sign, you know, later at night, but you know, that ended up happening. Things happen, um, ceremonies and, and whatnot. Uh, <clears throat> so I don't, I, I don't know if I would consider it a miss. I know Alabama would, would have loved to have him. They recruited him hard, uh, And, you know, I think they do want to take two running backs in the class. We can talk about the other running back prospects that are going to, you know, announce later on in January. But overall, again, I I think it was a very, um, um, another impressive year for Alabama and and Nick Saban. I know I put on the, on the Bama 247 boards, you know, how you feeling? And the first comment was whether it was trolling or not, I just kind of got a kick out of it. It was like worst class we've ever signed. And this is the lowest average since 2008. I'm like I'm sitting here I'm like uh, you're the number 2 class in the country. That's
0: <laughs> I, mean, I mean hey that's success success you, spoils
1: people. You were you were, I have you, were a little, uh, you you go Real quick you were you were you were the 28th class in June. I am just saying like and this happens every year it's not a shock but I mean I could I don't know how Nick Saban does it and to look and and him whether it was trolling or not to be like worst class ever I just, just kind of got a kick out of it.
0: I got a couple of thoughts there just on Alabama's recruiting class as a whole. Like, yes, they finished number two. And, you know, if you want to go by 247's um, you know, the the points, you know, that they use to kind of keep track of of the team recruiting uh ratings and whatnot, you know, I think what Alabama finished or at least not finished, but they're currently at 302.28 points. Georgia's in first with 315, and then Texas third with two ninety-one. So like when we say comfortably second, like, you know, that's A little bit more than a 10 point gap between second and third and you know 13 point gap or so between georgia and alabama um wanted to circle back to one thought that we had said earlier um you know a couple of commitments here and there from maybe alabama potentially being the number one rated recruiting class i think you know they they ran the race with Edra houston he ends up staying with ohio state but you know there were a lot there was a lot of smoke about him potentially flipping um so if he does that um you know, that's obviously another five-star in Alabama's pocket, but then, you know, on the other side, you look at what Georgia was able to pull off during their recruiting day, huge, huge, huge flip, um, from KJ Bolden, able to pull him away from Florida state, keep him in state. Um, you know, so Alabama, like you said, I wouldn't necessarily call it a miss on Edric Houston, but then Georgia's able to flip KJ Bolden. Like that's, you know, one potential five-star going out one potential five-star coming in, you know, like if they, if, if, the opposite things happen. If Bolden stays with Florida State, Edric Houston ends up flipping to Alabama, you know, we could be talking about, you know, potentially the number one rated recruiting class in the country, at least as it stands right now. But ultimately, that's not what happened. Um, recruiting is a fickle fickle game for those who care about, you know, the the team ratings and whatnot. I think the other thing too that I wanted to touch on is that I, I agree with you that I don't know that a lot of these guys were misses, so to speak, or that they lost like Alabama lost anybody on recruiting day. Cause you look at, at early signing day. Cause you look at like all the guys that they had recruited. There wasn't really a ton of drama with a lot of those guys. It was just kind of a matter of, all right, like when is Alabama going to send the tweet? Like, when are they going to fax their signing in? Like, yeah. when are they going to factor NLI in? Like, you know, a lot of these guys that, you know, you touched on, Edric Houston, Tristan Jernigan, Jaden Boss, Solomon Williams, um, even favor Edwin, the offensive tackle that I know they were trying to make a late push for. He ends up going to Auburn. Um, you know, these guys weren't committed to Alabama. Um, wouldn't necessarily say that Alabama lost them. Like you mentioned, Alabama obviously would have loved to have these guys, but like they ran the race with these guys all the way to the end. And, you know, when it comes down to it, it's really kind of all you can ask for, right? Like does Alabama need, you know, a little bit more tackle depth? I think they would have preferred it. So that's why the Edwin, the favorite Edwin loss stings there. Um, Would they like more defensive depth? Yeah, probably. That's why. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Right. Yeah. Well, and then you look at like, you know, Tristan Jernigan's pretty versatile linebacker. You can do a lot of things. Um, not unlike Caden Jones, who they did end up signing from North Carolina. Solomon Williams, right? You want more D line depth. Same thing with Edric Houston, a five-star D lineman from Buford. That guy's probably a day one starter. Maybe not starter at Alabama, but like he would probably play quite a bit day one if he were to come here. Um, you know, they they ran the race with those guys. I wouldn't consider them losses. Um, you know, but it's kind of like misses with an asterisk. Like you know, Alabama wanted those guys, that's why they ran the race with them. And sometimes you come up short, and that's recruiting, right? Um, you know. Yeah, I think the other thing, too, about the the recruiting team class rankings, like, you know, Alabama finishing with 302 points, um, you know, lowest since I think, you know, I tracked all the way back to 2016 or maybe it was 2018 when they, you know, didn't even crack, I think, 290 team points based on 247's recruiting rankings. So, um, you know, and I think you touched on this, too, like industry experts have suggested that not as deep of a high school recruiting class in 2024 I think there's a lot of talent in 2025 um and maybe perhaps as much if not more in 2026 so a lot of this is coming down the pike here too but then on top of that like the combination of NIL and the transfer portal like a lot of the talent that is there gets spread out quite a bit like yep. Alabama and Georgia have hoarded a lot of the talent in recent years but like you know When's the last time Miami was, you know, top three in recruiting? Um, Texas has done really, really well in recent years under Sark. Ohio State's another team that recruits very, very well. But then you look at, you know, the rest of the top 10. Oregon under Dan Lanning has done well. Auburn has really made a strong push. They picked up a couple of five stars. Notre Dame has recruited well. Oklahoma, you know, they're trying to make an SEC push. They, they cooped up 24-star athletes. And then you got Florida State rounding out the top 10. So just the talent, there's not a ton of it. And then the talent that's there got dispersed, I think, quite a bit. So maybe that explains why, you know, some people on our board and maybe other Alabama fans at large, like, you know, they look at that 300 and they're like, oh, we've, you know, we've had better, which is true. Right. Last year's top rated recruiting class had 328 points. Um, They've been in the 320s, you know, multiple times over the last decade. Right. So then to see 300 and then to finish second to Georgia, you know, it's that's it's going to strike a nerve, right? So I think that's maybe why people are upset. But I think, you know, take a few days, take a few deep breaths, get through the Christmas holiday. They're going to look at that list of athletes and be like, yeah, yeah, we got some studs coming to Tuscaloosa.
1: Cody, they're going to look at that list of athletes and then they're going to ask me this one question. Is Ryan Williams signing? That's what it's going to be. <laughs> you went uh, from the
0: recruiting beat to the Ryan Williams beat. Man. I mean, <laughs> 23 of these guys are fine that's all anybody's going to care about. But
1: real quick, real quick to your point, and I don't have the exact quote pulled up to right here. Maybe you do. But I think Nick Saban was talking about that last night as well. I think he talked about how the talent's getting more spread out. And he was talking about how, you know, NIL is becoming a factor and some kids want to get that money. And he said, that's fine. That's totally okay. I think that's a little bit different approach from what he said, you know, two years ago, or I think it was three years ago now where he, you know, basically said a and bought their whole team. I think he kind re- <laughs> of repurposed his, repurposed his approach a little bit. But yeah, I think that kind of speaks to, it's just, you know, you throw in <clears throat> maybe a little bit of a down year as a, you know, as a whole class, uh, NIL transfer portal, things like that. I, I, I think this is just the way it's going to be now. But to sit here with saying, say, you know, Alabama's got 300 points and being like, what what's going on? I, I think it's just kind of crazy to me. Yeah. You know, would they did they miss on some guys, you know, early in the summer? Absolutely. But, you know, they have an opportunity to add to this class in, in the next, I believe, You know, in January, I can hit on that right now is two signings to know coming up. Uh, Both these guys have signed or will have signed this week privately. uh, Four-star safety, Zay Mincy, and four-star running back, Daniel Hill. Uh, We've talked about Daniel Hill before. Um, You know, it's kind of a wild card right now what's going on. South Carolina, you know, you talk to one person, it's like, oh, we haven't talked to South Carolina. And then the next person says, oh, South Carolina's leading. Oh, Tennessee's in it. Oh, Mississippi State's in it. Okay, no, no. Alabama's always been the leader. He's been there a hundred times. So it's kind of a bit of a wild card. You know, he he'll sign on he'll excuse me, he'll officially announce on national television on January 6th. Uh, you know, and four star safety, Zay Mincy out of Daytona Beach, Florida. Uh, just another kind of South Florida defensive back, you know, safety uh mold that just kind of lo- he just looks the part. Uh Alabama <laughs> seems to be um you know, very quickly entered the real conversation here. I know it's between Alabama and three in-state schools in Florida, Florida State, Miami. I don't know if you can still consider Florida. I- I'm not exactly sure. Um, it seems like Miami and Alabama are going to kind of be the teams to beat coming down the stretch. That's going to be a pretty hectic recruitment, uh, you know, and I'll he'll also, you know, announce on television on January 6th, the All-American Bowl. I'll be there. So I'll have, you know, content for that as well. Um, you know, I'll continue to follow those two recruitments throughout until you know until the signing period, or excuse me, until they officially announce, so I can see what's going on there. Um, but. Real quick, I, I people are like, why, "Why are you? If you're signing now, why aren't you?" Like these kids want to go on national TV. That's how it used to be. I mean, signing day used to be. I mean, you you watch the fax machine, Twitter, you know, tweet out, "We got them," or things like that, or a live stream of the fax machine. I I just think it's cool. You used to be able to turn on, you know, your local channel. It was just commitment after commit or signing after signing after signing after signing. But so I thought that that's pretty cool. And then you know, lastly upcoming signing now of course is ryan williams yes he will be signing february 9th his birthday his 17th year old birthday um so you know before you know just the kid's 16 years old right now he's going to take his visits yes he was in auburn over the weekend but you know he he wants to go see prani he wants to go see a couple other his his guys that he grew up with um we'll, we'll you know of course we'll continue to follow that um you know after christmas maybe Maybe not as much coverage in the next couple of days into the weekend, probably pick it up heavy uh, again next Monday. But, yeah, you know, he'll take his official visits, probably Alabama pro- or definitely Alabama, definitely Auburn, maybe Texas, maybe Georgia. He's still figuring that out. But, yeah, he'll sign on uh, February 9th. That's kind of it as far as, you know, high school prospects Alabama could sign. Um, again, you know, they could certainly get into the portal. I know, Al- you know, Nick Saban last night was talking a little bit about uh they would like to add maybe a little bit more offense alignment and th- again that's what Cody was talking about that's where a little stings a little bit more than others with favor Edwin just because you know at six seven three hundred pounds it's just another body I know we talked about it before he's kind of a clay mold and gonna take a couple years but you know another body another body is another body but yeah it, it kind of made it seem somewhat clear at least seem like Alabama's going to be active in the portal and with the scholarship numbers, you probably, I think Mike hit on this yesterday too. Probably going to see maybe double digit guys leave. I don't know how much you want to get in the portal right now, but um, it seems like it's going to be pretty active this year for them.
0: Yeah, 100%. And they, you know, they've already been a little bit active bringing other yeah. guys on campus. They obviously landed a commitment from LT Overton from Texas AM. Um, you know, he's kind of a versatile guy in that, you know, he can play D-line, hand in the dirt. I think he he seems to be a little bit more of a Justin Boydby replacement for next year. I think he'll probably play a little bit more defensive end than maybe stand-up outside linebacker. I know Alabama really likes, you know, the guys that they have in the outside linebacker room. I still think they should maybe bring in an experienced edge rusher, but, you know, at the same time, like, we'll obviously, you know, depending on visits and who they reach out to, like that'll offer clues into how maybe they feel. Um, you know, there's, there's still, you know, the – Recruiting window, you, you hit on it February. We'll kind of see what other lingering high school prospects are out there. But then there's also, you know, the, the portals open until early January. Um, and then there's another window in April, right? So we'll learn quite a bit after spring ball, just kind of how they feel about certain things. And that's probably a separate conversation for another day. Um, the one thing I did kind of want to touch on here, you know, last, like and I'm sure you tuned in as well. Um, you know, I, we got to talk to Sabin. About the signees, um, he hit on a few guys individually because we asked, right? He talked about Drake Kirkpatrick Jr. Um, being the first legacy for him at Alabama, not necessarily the first legacy for Saban, right? He coached both Mark Ingram and his dad, and now you know here at Alabama, both Drake. I
1: didn't and know that. Back. That was that kind of threw. I did not know that. That was that was interesting, and it kind of explains. Like I, Alabama fans, I think you know talk with him too. I didn't mean to cut you off here, but it seems like Mark Ingram and Saban have a special relationship, just like very Uh close. So that makes a little bit more sense, but go ahead.
0: No. Yeah. That's so, I mean, he, you know, he just comment on, you know, Drake Kirkpatrick Jr. Who, you know, from Gadsden city defensive back that I know they're pretty excited about. Um, We actually have a story coming on him on Bama 247 later today. So if you aren't subscribed, please do that now. Um, But he also, you know, he touched on Julian saying, right, just he called him an outstanding player. He obviously talked about uh, Aaron, Aaron Hampton, uh, Bubba Hampton. Bubba's kind of a dog. Right. (laughs) So, um, You know, I I'm assuming you tuned in as well. Was there anything outstanding that maybe, um, you know, came from Saban's press conference? I have my thoughts, but I thought I would defer to the recruiting expert first. What would you kind of take away from what Saban said last night?
1: Yeah, I mean, for starters, he kind of started off with saying, I know it's signing day, but we're preparing for rolls Bowl practice. So, you know, he... His first words
0: were challenging day. Nonetheless, I know because it's early signing day, people want to talk about signing day.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he didn't seem like he was in the greatest, greatest mood, um, even after successfully, you know, doing what he did in the afternoon. Maybe uh, it was a rough practice. I'm not sure. But I think kind of the biggest takeaway, I think someone asked this, just about the importance of getting guys on campus early. You know, a guy like Julian saying, all three offensive linemen. Uh, uh, Jalen Mbakwe will be there soon. Caleb Odom's there. Peyton Woodyard's there. Zabian Brown's there. They were talking about how just, he was talking about how just important that is. He believes there's going to be close to 19. I got a full list on Bama 247. There's so many moving parts, so it's just easier to kind of just read it rather than getting into each single player. But he was just kind of talking about how important it is, just not only for practice, but here's the stretching routine. Here's where the academic advisor are. And they show them these things when they move in and when they're on a yeah, right. like, visits. Yeah, right. Here's how we operate
0: and, meetings. Here's how we practice. like And you know, things like that. Ready. Yeah.
1: And I think he was talking about, I don't want to misquote him, but I think he was talking about how the coaches are... Of have, I I think this was probably the case all the time, but kind of open hours for freshmen to come up and talk with them about the playbook and do this and do that. And you know, here's
0: the I have the exact quote if you want me to read it off, yeah, yeah. So, here's here's, Sabin was asked, um, you know, here's the exact question. You mentioned that there are some freshmen on campus right now. What's that process been like just getting them adjusted in the first few days while getting ready for the playoffs, and how is this experience beneficial for them moving forward? Among other things, Sabin said, I think the whole experience of being in meetings. Learning the stretch program, learning the weight training program, being in meetings and starting to learn the offense or the defense, being around the players on the field, seeing how a college practice really goes and how they can contribute and how they can improve. A lot of them come up and meet with coaches so they learn a little extra or better understand something in meetings. He wrapped up by saying, I think this total experience is really a positive thing for them just in terms of their adjustment to how they're going to transition to school in January and that whole process we go through in the spring. So, yeah, I mean, it's really just a lot of, you know, exposure and making sure that, you know, when they show up for classes in January, they've got some of the football details figured out. So it's not just overly stressful, right? Because we've all been to college that first day of class, we have no idea where the rooms are that (laughs) we're going to. Right. So like, you know, and then on top of that, like they're dealing with big, big time SEC football, you know, so there's just a lot of things that they got to juggle. So if there's anything that they can do to mitigate that, I think Saban would rather take that route than not
1: yeah absolutely and yeah again i to see you know i would have to go back and look and double check but it seems like this is kind of maybe the most mid-year enrollees and i know it's becoming more and more common maybe five you know three to five years ago really wasn't as common maybe a little bit longer than that um but you see excuse me other schools doing it too i just i I think it you know kind of locks your commit in too as well like earlier before they sign like hey i'm gonna you know i'm already on campus i'm signing you know type thing um But overall, I think it's just I think it's just a good, very good thing just overall for the team, for the player, for everybody involved.
0: 100 percent. Yeah. And I think maybe the one other big takeaway that we got from, um, you know, talking to Saban on Wednesday, um, you know, they do a really good job of, you know, kind of getting on these guys early, you know, and and you and I have talked in previous episodes about, you know, how they're really already attacking 2025 with a lot of gusto. Like they've already picked up some, some top rated guys and, you know, they've had other top rated guys on campus and um, you know, that it's just, they're juggling quite a bit, but they're juggling quite a bit very, very well, which explains why they're so successful. Um, But then the other thing that really stuck out to me, I thought that was, this was interesting. Somebody asked about the, the three interior offensive linemen, Casey Poe, uh, Joseph Ayanada uh, and William Sanders, um, you know, just I think I, the the way the question was prefaced was that, you know, Sabin doesn't really care about stars or ratings. He cares about kind of what he sees on film and, and you know, kind of understanding the psyche of the player. Um, but his comments about the offensive lineman, um, he, he, he likes them. He also <laughs> is still wants to probably go get more. Here's here's the full quote. I, I was
1: going to um, say, I would just give the direct quote here.
0: Here's here's the full quote. Uh, We think they have a lot of potential. Um, They're guys that obviously that's a developmental position. So those guys um, are guys that have a lot of ability. We know a lot about them. We have them in camp. We're excited to have them here. We think they can develop into good prospects and good players. I think we're still out there in the market looking for some more of those kind of guys, offensive linemen, both from a number standpoint and a quality experience standpoint. We're excited to have them, but we're still out there trying to add some people to that position. That to me screams, we like these guys it's going to be a minute before we think they're ready. We want to go to the portal. Yeah, Like that I, is, I you know, they, you know, and that explains why, you know, maybe favor Edwin stung a little bit more the fact that he did not go to Alabama. I think the fact that he went to Auburn might, you know, rub fans the wrong way, but then also, you know, Alabama for a while ran the race with Jordan Seaton, or at least they, you know, that there was at least a day where he was very seriously considering Alabama. Right. And that's five-star offensive tackle could have been another plug and play guy at right tackle. Right. I know Alabama has got miles McVay and, Um, For the time being, Elijah Pritchett will kind of keep updates on what happened there. Um, If you don't know, go check Alabama 247. He's in a little bit of a pickle, no pun intended. So, like, clearly, you know, and this was something that we had talked about, too. Um, Like, when it came to portal targets, right, I I had figured right out of the gate that, like, look, Miles McVay may be great. We don't know that yet because he hasn't played a lot, right? And I'm talking specifically about right tackle Um, go get somebody with experience because it, you know, at, at worst, you go get a guy from with experience and McVay takes another year to develop at best. You bring in a guy with experience and miles McVay ends up beating him out. Right. And then you feel really good about the position. So that, I mean, just the fact that Saban, that was Saban's answer about the offensive line. Um, you know, only three guys coming in. I know you love your boy, Casey Poe. I think there is an absolute opportunity that he could end up being the center, depending on what Seth McLaughlin does, but. You can tell that Saban wants more offensive line depth and specifically, I think, at tackle. And that might, you know, continue to be something that they attack in the portal.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you hit it right on the head there. Um, I really don't have that too much to add there. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. Another day. Was, uh- another day. Yeah, that
0: I mean, that was mostly the signing day conversation that I yeah. wanted to have with you, Brett. Just kind of a quick recap. Is there any other thing? Is, is there anything else from your notebook that you want to dump out here before you go take you know a, a nap or three? <laughs>
1: um, I think I think that's pretty much it. I think you know overall, you know, we, we talk about how Alabama's afternoon was impressive, but you know, talking with some national guys and reading some national write ups from the two four seven desk, it, it seems like it was kind of generally the case Alabama was kind of one of the winners this this you know this cycle and you know they were talking about it too it's like it's kind of low-hanging fruit picking Alabama or Georgia to you know be a winner but Georgia really was a winner to you know have their whole class and then get KJ Bolden the number one safety uh flipping from Florida State and you know I think most Alabama fans know who follow recruiting and certainly Georgia fans that kind of Buford to Georgia curse type thing you know Kirby hasn't been able to get a guy from Buford Saban and coach T-Rob can go in and get whoever they want Justice Haynes Isaiah Bond Jake Pope Seth McLaughlin so on and so forth so it's kind of like oh is and then it was kind of you know is Alabama going to get Edric Houston and KJ and not going to go to Georgia and they're sitting next to each other at the table is this going to maybe challenge them for the number one <laughs> class so it's kind of a big build up right there uh monumental flip for georgia i i you know give them their flowers there they did a great job there clearly um defensive backfield
0: of kj bolden and malachi stark sounds like it's going to be really fun to watch and and they've also got to have to play against (laughs) i believe
1: they got ellis robinson who's the number one safety i think kj bolden's number two safety um so Not they're, they're as bad. good as Alabama's secondary hall is. Georgia's is pretty good too. And I think that's kind of on par for what we've seen the last five years. I think Georgia and Alabama have pretty much traded one, two, three spots aside from, you know, the AM 2022 year. Uh, but yeah, overall, again, I think, I think it was a good, good, You know, close out for Nick Saban still. Again, some guys along the way that he could add, right? You know, keep Ryan Williams in the fold. Zay Mincy, Daniel Daniel Hill uh, will continue to have complete coverage of that. I will have um, some class superlatives coming out probably this afternoon, later this week. I've got, you know, kind of a round table with the whole team of three signees we could see playing early in Y and then a full kind of deep, deep long form breakdown of kind of the entire class position by position hitting on most recruits with uh andrew ivins our director of scouting which i thought was a great conversation he's always the man he's always giving out great things and then you know while we're speaking on him just real quick kind of shout out to i don't know if you were able to tune in at all i kind of had it running in the background the whole time they're the 247 show uh yesterday was, you know, seven hours of commercial free. Ever, ever had, ever,
0: I'm glad you said that because I was going to say that. Yeah.
1: And every time I hear that, I'm like, Ooh, like, is it Red Sunday? Zone, right? Yeah. So it, it was just, I, I like the, you know, I worked in mobile at WKRG local station and worked at a, you know, news station, TV news station. So I see kind of the ins and outs of the producing and the directing and the rundowns and things like that. And they had four different sets and it was like, seamless like it was so cool to see and you know to see Blair Angelo and Brandon Huffman and Andrew Ivins and Cooper Batanya, and of course Jack uh Josh Pate and all the other hosts it was just awesome to see it was a great great coverage and you know get a lot of stuff from them as well when you know Andrew and Cooper are up there talking about Alabama recruiting you know I'm there typing away getting their thoughts as well so it was just awesome I, it was a great you know a great great day was the lead up to Wednesday a little bit stressful absolutely um but we made it you know Maybe we'll see, you know, Tristan Jernigan pop up Friday afternoon. Again, I don't anticipate it, but again, you know, seems like it was a pretty good haul for the uh, December uh, signing day. And I, I again, I, I'm just going to call it signing day because Saban pretty much called a signing day. So you talked <laughs> about how it got put, everything gets, you know, pushed up six months.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, all the recruiting experts that I follow, like you included now, right? Like that's, it's signing day like it's signing days in December and until they move the calendar, which again, different conversation for a different podcast, but like they, until they change it and maybe they will, maybe they won't. December is now signing day in yep. February. just kind of a little bit extra. Yep. Um. Yeah, man, that's, that's all we've got today, Brett. I appreciate you always taking the time to talk recruiting with us on roll pod. We'll be back sometime next week. Probably. I think the next time you'll hear from us guys, uh, we will be in Pasadena, um, Kicking off coverage for the Rose Bowl. So uh, be sure to be ready for all the good stuff that we've got coming there. I know Talty, Rodak, and I will be down in Southern California. Um, there's literally something to do and write about every single day. We're going to have a ton of content coming to you literally the morning right after Christmas. So be ready for all that. Um, so, yeah, in the meantime, though, before the next show, be sure to rate and review the show wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, even our Bama 247 YouTube page, subscribe to Bama 247 and 247 sports. We are running a special. I feel like we're always running a special 60% <laughs> off an annual VIP membership. I believe it comes out to about $43 for the entire year. You get Brett's expert recruiting analysis. You'll get coverage of the upcoming Rose bowl transfer portal, spring practice, all that good stuff. It's the steal of the year. It would also make a great Christmas gift. and Santa is set to make his rounds in just four days. So if you forgot, hear something for the Alabama fan in your life. Thank you again, Brett, for joining us. As always, we appreciate you guys listening. We will talk to you all again soon.